Welcome to this episode of Behind the Counter, The Beanery. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Adrian. And, and together, together we're spilling the beans. On this episode, we hear from Linton Broussard, Bayou Church Care Pastor. If you haven't had a chance to check out our latest Facebook reel, do yourself a favor and give it a watch. <laughs> that was really, we had, a, we had a blast making that. It was super fun. Um, but before you hop on Facebook and do that, let's give Pastor Linton a listen. Okay, we're here with Pastor Linton. Pastor Linton, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your title as care pastor here and what you do at the Bayou? Okay. So as the care pastor, I do a lot of the support ministries for the church. Um, a lot of what happens on Mondays or Monday evenings is a lot of under my umbrella, uh, celebrate recovery, divorce, care, grief, share, mending the soul, single and parenting. I always tend to forget something, but that's pretty much what I do on Monday nights. And then there's also hospital visitations, funerals and memorial services, weddings. I also do baptism and salvation counselings and get to participate in some of the baptisms as well. So as care pastor, my role encompasses a good bit of what happens behind the scenes here at the church. How long have you been part of the Bayou family? Part of the Bayou family, it's about 15 and a half years. I started coming here the summer of 2008 and officially joined the staff full-time January 1st of 2018. Okay, so what did you do prior? Like you were just part of um, the congregation? Just So my, Rachel and I started coming and once I accepted Christ, was baptized, we started volunteering as greeters. Um, we used to be at the preschool entrance um it was me rachel and our son tavis and so we did that for a long time when there were wednesday night services i would sit with rachel and we would watch the band and saw what they did and saw one of the bass players who didn't play fancy but played pretty simple like i do i was like man i could possibly do that and so that led me into auditioning for the worship team And so I was able to do that. And from auditioning, I started playing in student ministry and got involved a little bit more in playing in student ministry and then started to connect with some of the kids and just kind of my heart grew for the students then. And I never really wanted to be around students, so it was strange for that to happen. But... It was something that I think, well, not I think, I know now that God was doing to prepare me for where he wanted me to go. Um, And it got to a point where Pastor Sean had asked me about helping and volunteering, leading some of the freshman guys, and I started doing that. And then it led to me preaching in our high school student ministry and middle school ministry, and then volunteering as the pastor in the cafe and then coming on full-time. So it's been a stretch of many different roles here at the Bayou for me. Wow. That's cool. Okay, I didn't know that. I think I had just learned recently that you were on the worship team. I didn't know that until recently. So that was... That's awesome. Yeah, that was that's been one of the fun things I really enjoy playing bass. I really enjoy being up there because 
it's just fun it's something i don't get to do often but music is something music is the thing that really attracted me to the church because the first time we came there was a song that just blew me away and that for me was one of the reasons or probably the main reason i continued to come until i started to get what brother mike was saying and the messages that he had so with the music is where it all started for me that's wonderful. so it was cool to be able to be a part of that and so tell us a little bit about you personally we know you're married to rachel but like where did you did you grow up here or did you move here no i grew up in lawtel which is between opelousas and eunice um i'm one of four um i have an older brother and sister who are twins and four years older than me i have a younger sister that's a year younger than me and so we grew up in the catholic church and did all of the catholic things altar server i read in church which is what lector um <laughs> usher i was in the choir my dad's the choir director and piano player so we were all in the choir from the time we could open our mouths and my nieces and nephews kind of followed the same suit my dad's still playing piano and singing in churches and you know that's where we grew up and you know i did that asked questions about it couldn't get too many answers about it and so when i was done with high school i was kind of done with the whole church scene back there and when i went to college it was just me having fun doing life and there was no church or anything like that involved in it Mm -hmm. that's yeah i have a very very similar upbringing um so i'm originally from ville platte which is a neighboring town blood, eh? mm-hmm. <laughs> um same thing though you know born and raised in the catholic church catholic school uh very active as well yeah. altar server got a little certificate at graduation <laughs> um choir all mm-hmm. that you know uh oh you can sing eh, i don't know about uh-huh. singing i okay. like i usually sit in the back row of the choir <laughs> um, or i played the sax or i played my saxophone with, oh, the, pian- with the pianist because i was like band nerd yes i was very yeah, much a band nerd yes same um, here uh-huh. so did that and when i graduated i was i decided it was time to take a break too yep. it was a little too much i had a lot of questions that went unanswered as well yep interesting thing now that i know what i know i could go back and listen to what they talk about in catholic churches and understand it i have that conversation quite (laughs) often i'm like it's not often that i darken the doors of the catholic church but when i do i'm like it makes so much sense now yes it does (laughs) it does and my family's all still catholic and so like i had a conversation the saturday before christmas with my brothers like yeah it's like if you read the Bible and start to understand what's in it, then when you go to church on Sundays, you'll understand what he's talking about because it is stuff that's written. It's just you don't know it because you don't go and dig into it to find out what that, it's about. Yes. And so for me um, personally, that's been one of the best things about small group for me. Um, a lot of my small group members are older than me. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot more like a lot more knowledge um so i have a combination of a lot of ex-catholics and then some that were raised born and raised what they call themselves southern baptists mm-hmm. so they know every they know the backwards the bible backwards and forwards and then i have you know those those catholic um members as well that are able to help me with my understanding and they're like we were here we know where you are and this is how we're going to get you where you want to be yeah. 
I think that's one of the biggest blessings that God has given me, especially in this area as the care pastor, that there are many people that I sit with who grew up in the Catholic background. And so I get to share that with him. And so that's a way that we connect. And um, there was one that I had spoken with and I had told her, I was like, yeah, I still have my Bible from when I made my confirmation. And so I was like, I might need to just bring it here just as a dis- not a display as to say, hey, this is my Bible, but just as a way to say, hey, look, I'm not lying to you about my Catholic upbringing. Like, I still right. have I still have things. mine as well. My grandmother gave it to me. It's still in its case. She was supposed to tab it for me. She never got around to it. So I even still have the package of tabs. Mine's- but I'm just like, <laughs> it's in my closet. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> um mine sitting on my bookshelf in my office and so there are many times it's like like, yep my catholic bible from when (laughs) i made my confirmation sitting right there so it it really is a nice way to be able to connect with people and identify with where they've been because i've been there and you know like we always hear like god uses things from your past absolutely to help you connect with people and that's one that i can say has been a great blessing because it allows me to connect with a lot of the people here at the bayou absolutely i love that so what are some of the biggest maybe like the biggest challenges but then also on the flip side of that some of the biggest rewards of like your position here at the bayou so a lot of people see my role as a challenge because of the difficulty of a lot of the things that i do as a care pastor and like with people who are struggling or with marriages who are struggling and when I have to deal with someone whose family member just passed away and for me it's not a difficult thing as so much a burden it really is a blessing because when you get to see people on the other side of that thing that they're dealing with and see how God's working in their lives it makes it all worth it and I've told Miss Carol this. I said, sometimes I think God's blessed me with ADD because once someone sits in my office, what we say in there stays in there. And when they leave, <laughs> it is done and I'm moving on. And so for me to have to remember what was talked about, there's hardly any times that that happens unless I'm taking notes, which I don't do very much because it pulls my attention away from the conversation. And so there are many times where like, yep, when they're done, the conversation's done and I'm moving on to the next thing Mm -hmm. but I do still get to help and guide them and help God to be able to impart some wisdom into their situation and that's probably the biggest blessing from it so for me my job's not a burden it is it is a joy now there are some times where it's a little difficult in certain situations especially when there's a family member who's close to death or one who has just died but aside from that like everything else is it's pretty neat to be able to watch God work in all those situations and that's the thing that I enjoy about it I've always loved helping people Um, I tell people that story you know I can remember as far back as I can being the guy who was always looking for the person who was in trouble or didn't have any friends and trying to encourage them to do what they need to do to do what's right or just to be their friend and there's one guy i wish i knew what's going on with his life right now but um man i probably broke my back more times than i can remember just trying to help him to be able to do what was necessary for him back in middle school to stay out of trouble and to be able to get his work done and there's many times that i can still see that it was a struggle but it was difficult it was something that i didn't even have to think about it's just something i did and now i'm in a job that 
is pretty similar to what God has wired me to do years back. So it's not a surprise that I'm where I am. It just, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. just looking back. It was nice to know that God had his hand in all those things that were going on to be able to get me where I am. That's so the joys of what I do really is just watching God move, watch God do what God wants them to do, and watch their lives or their families blossom, and God transform them, and then God begin to use them in the lives of other people. Oh, that's great. So I nice. love that. So the, I've heard that the staff members each New Year's pick a word yep. for the new year. Did you already <laughs> pick yours? Yes. Um, my word for the year is resilience. Um, it came about Tuesday morning. Um, I go to the refinery mission in Opelousas. I speak there first Tuesday of every month for their life skills class. And the word that I wanted to talk with them about just to help them and encourage them to be resilient where they are, because just like any of us, they face difficulties. And the more I talked with them about it and the more they shared some of the things that they were going through, the more it made me see like, well, you know what? I know I always have to pick a word. And so this probably the word for me because, you know, things get tough and to be resilient is something that we all need. And with God's help, that resilience grows. And so for me, like I'm trying to figure out a nice little cute way to design the word so I can put it on my uh, bookshelf in my office just as something to remind me that's what I need to be this year. And so for me, the year, the word of the year for 2024 is resilience my word for 2023 was boldness so there were a lot of things that i did that i probably would have never done last year if that were not the word that god had placed on my heart so i'm interested to see what god does with 2024 and me being resilient wow so i didn't know you spoke at the refinery so you said you do that the first tuesday of every month yes ma'am so what um do you want to tell us a little bit more about that i don't I've never been there, um, and I've just heard about it through the bayou, and yeah. so I don't really know a lot about it. So the, refin- the refinery mission is a men's transitional housing that has programs to be able to help men, whether they're coming from homelessness or they were incarcerated or some struggle where they need guidance to be able to get them back on their feet, to get them in a place where they can contribute to society in a way that's beneficial, not just for them, but for their communities are many of their families. And so I get to go there and do their life skills class. Um, They do life skills classes on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. It's just ways to help the guys to be able to learn some skills that they may have not picked up or that they just need to be sharpened in to be able to help them as they start to get jobs and as they start to acquire money to be able to purchase vehicles and or to get a rent house you know just those things that they need to be able to live Mm -hmm. as men and be confident and proud of the man that they are and so i get to go in there and really just have conversations with them and i've been doing that for a little over a year i go in i'll pick a topic and we'll go and talk about it and it's interesting to see the different men that start to talk by the time that hour that i get to spend with them is almost over 
to be able to see them pull down some walls and share a little bit about what's going on in their lives or some of their experiences so that at least they get something out of the time that I spend with them. It's always nice when one of the guys will come up to me after and say, yeah, I really needed to hear that today or I appreciate you coming because I've been struggling with whatever, whatever, and this really hit on that. And so I've been there again over a year now. And so some of the guys that have been there for a while know me they trust me and know that I'm consistent and going. And so it builds a little bit more of a rapport with those guys, which helps the newer ones that are there when we come in to know that I'm not just some guy coming off the street to go and say how smart I am to them. It's I'm somebody mm-hmm. that's been committed to them and I love them and care enough about them to continue to be there and to continue to help them. Um, in December, when they had their grand opening for their new transitional housing, Um, I was able to be there. And so I got to go and visit with some of them because I told them I was going to go. You know, I got to go and say hello to them to to let them know, hey, I didn't just say I was going to be here. I showed up because I care about y'all and I love y'all. And so it was really nice to get to see some of them there and do that. Because for me, being able to encourage men and help men to live the lives that God wants them to live is a big, big passion that I have. And it's something that I I try to challenge men to do as much as possible. So was it hard at first when you first started going there to build that trust with them? Like, was it hard for them to open up to you? I would say no. No. Um, And I'll say no because it, God has been so good in blessing me with the ability to connect with people. Um, Again, that started years and years and years ago, but to be able to go in there and just be authentic and be real with them is something that they appreciate. And for me with them, that's the one thing I tell them, like, I'm not coming here to preach. I'm coming here to have a conversation because I love y'all. I don't care what you did yesterday, the day before. Mm-hmm. I just care that yeah. you're here now in a place that could help you to be better. And that's what I want to help you do. And I want to encourage you to listen and do the things you're supposed to do here. So you can get out of here and do the things that you really want to do as a man. And so that's always what I lead with. I don't use a podium. And there's times when, like, even Tuesday when we went, one of the guys was like, hey, you need the podium. I'm like, no, I don't use that podium. I said, this must be your first time here (laughs) because if you see me, you've never seen me use that podium. I always move it out of the way because I'm not here to preach to y'all. I'm here to talk with Mm y'all about life. I'm here to be authentic with y'all. So if there's a question you have about me, Go ahead and ask. I'm I'm an open book, so you can ask, and I'll tell you. Just be ready for the answer I give you, you know, and just to let them know that, hey, I struggle just as well as them. Mm -hmm. Here's some ways that God's helped me, or here's some things that I've done through it, and here's some ways that you can do that. But you also need to use the people around you and where you are to be able to get yourself where you want to be. And I'll say this on that as well. You know, there's always been something inside of me that wanted to give back in an area that's really close to where I grew up. And I've told Stephen Barnes from there, and I've told a few people this. I was like, it's such a blessing that I am not even 10 minutes from where I grew up, and I get to come and do this once a month. And there's so much about that area that I remember when I was growing up. So to be able to go and see it and to be able to be a part of something that I know that God's put on my heart is that's just been a really great gift. 
um, and being able to bring my buddy Ted Domain with me. Um, he's an older guy who's here at the Bayou, and he's part of my 8 o'clock Bible study on Thursday morning. I had offered any of those guys to come with me, and he said that he would, and he's been very consistent in coming. So he gets to come with me and meet some of the guys and talk to a lot of them, and sometimes he gets to share with them. And so it's really cool that God's not only using me there, but someone who doesn't look like me and doesn't fit the narrative of a lot of those guys there that's been able to go there with me and be able to meet those guys and get to know them and get to love on them. And so it's been cool how God's been able to use my time there, not just for me, but for those guys and for my buddy Ted, too. It's nice that I get to ride with him there. And so we get to chat about all sorts of things on the way there and back. So it's a relationship that's been built and it's one that I really value because I love my buddy Ted. And so it's just an added benefit to that drive once a month. That's so cool. That and I awesome. love that like you're talking about how like, man, I'm doing this work ten minutes, not even ten minutes from where I grew up. And it's like that is how amazing God is. Like he will just move in a way that you couldn't even imagine. Like right. I don't even think that you, Lynn, could have like dreamt that up when you were growing up like this is what i'm going to be doing probably uh, no. And then, <laughs> no no and god just makes that happen and it's like i don't know i just love that i love that yeah. i think yeah. that the god's amazing yeah, i never so. have dreamed of doing anything like that i would never have dreamed of being a pastor now i can tell you growing up in the catholic church there were all these people who said i was going to be the priest and like the joke is i'm not far from it for me you know like well y'all were close you know, yeah. and so I didn't know that back then, but you all knew something that God put in your hearts mm-hmm. that just, I mean, yeah. I'm not a priest, but it's still very much in line with that. Very so. much, and it sounds like you're doing beautiful work, you well, know, thank with, you. with the men, and, you know, and then you still have the the authentic, authentic part of, you know, being a man and being able to have a family and a wife and get to experience that as well. Yes, so I'm sure that's such a reward for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Do some of the men from the refinery, like, attend the Bayou Church as well? Or they don't, it's kind of far to probably. They usually go to one of the churches in Opelousas. Um, okay. There are several churches in Opelousas, and so they encourage them. It might even be one of their requirements that they attend a church. Um, and so I know First Baptist Opelousas is one that they do a lot with. Um, there's even a celebrate recovery that some of the guys there go to. I know there's others that go to, I can't think of the name of the church. I can tell you the location. But our there's, Savior's probably. It's not, not our Savior's. No, it's not. It's okay. off of 182 going from 190 towards Piggly Wiggly towards Washington, but not <laughs> that far around Opelousas General. <laughs> but there's a church there. That some of them go to, and so okay. there's different churches as long as they go to a church once a week. Usually, that's one of the things they get to do. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything maybe in the near future at the Bayou, anything that maybe you're working on or that you see God moving in that you kind of want to talk about now? So, there's a couple of things. One is for me, like, not only do I have a heart for being able to build up men. I have a heart for couples, husbands and wives, and them fulfilling their God-given roles. And then there's also part of me that wants to be able to help women. I know it's strange that a guy or a man would be someone who would be willing to help women to see the way God created them to live and how God created them to live with 
men either involved or not involved in their lives, but then also how men and women as husband and wives get to live out their lives and their callings together. And so for me, that's a big passion of mine. Um, I love being able, I love seeing couples thrive, and that's one of the biggest blessings I get. Um, it's just being able to watch a, cu- a couple that's on the brink of divorce, being able to sit and come and talk to me and begin to see that the things that they were doing may have not been what God designed. And as they move closer to God's design for their marriage, it helps them to become closer and it strengthens the bond that they have in their relationship. And so that's something that's really cool to be able to watch play out in people's lives and that's not credit to me that's just credit to using scripture and what god has taught me through scripture to be able to encourage them um and another thing for me like a big passion of mine and it's something that i'm praying that will somehow flesh itself out this year and we tried it last year was being able to do more in terms of sexual integrity and have that topic and conversation Mm -hmm. start with people here at the Bayou because there's so many people who struggle with sexual integrity. I mean, I struggled with pornography for years and lust becomes an issue because of pornography. So Mm -hmm. sexual integrity is something that the scripture talks a lot about, but we don't feel comfortable talking about it Mm -hmm. or we just don't want to talk about it because it's something we don't want to admit that we deal with. And so I'd really like to see us be able to provide groups that deal with sexual integrity, not sexual struggles, not pornography, but sexual integrity. What does integrity look like to God when it comes to sex and what that looks like for us as couples, as husbands and wives specifically? And so to be able to have something like that, I know that's going to change the dynamic of a lot of marriages. No, that's going to change the mind frames of a lot of people in terms of what they see of the beauty that God has given us of sex and not just as pleasure, mm-hmm. when, regardless of whether you're married or not. So it's something that I really hope that we can do. We tried to get that started, and the week and a half before it started, it just fell apart. And I know that's things that the enemy does to keep the things that we know God wants for us and that's good for us from happening. And so we're just going to keep pressing on with it. Just keep trying to get it going. And at some point, I know that God's going to bring the right people to be able to take that and run with it. And it's I know that it's going to be something that's going to bless a lot of families, a lot of people. It's not just for couples. It's for people who are single. It's for people who are it's for anyone who has kids. It's for anyone who is not married or anyone who knows somebody who struggles with sexual integrity issues or someone who is struggling with sexual integrity. So it encompasses anybody. It gives you a good view of who God is, what he asks of you in terms of your sexual integrity and the blessings that you get from understanding that it goes through your wiring and the chemical makeup of your brain that what happens when you start to do things that are not in line with god similar to what any sin does to us but it's regarding sexual integrity and that's not a topic that you hear a whole lot about in churches Mm -hmm. or even groups about that and so it's something that i'm really really praying that we can get a little more momentum in because I know that if we get it started, it's going to be something that's going to bless so many people. I really like that. I'd love to get behind that, too. I think that's exactly what – there's just so much that people keep quiet about. Right. And there's there's silent epidemics going on. Right. It's almost it's, like if you turn the blind eye, then it's or – you, or you just pretend like it's not happening. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. If you can and name if, it, you can tame yeah. it. Yeah. Or if you can just, yeah, call it out mm-hmm. and bring it to the light. Yes, ma'am. 
And one of the things that I see with that is like we look at it in such a dirty way, right? And that's not what God intended it to no. be. And in our world, it's not seen as what God wants it to be. And I think no. that's a lot of the problem with it. And the curriculum that we have brings it back into a view of what God says about it. And I think that's where we kind of miss the mark when we talk about it. We talk about don't do it, and this is why, yep. in terms of worldly things, but not know like this is what God has in store for you because you're being obedient to Him in how you train your mind right. and your actions and all those things. So we'll see what God does with that. I think that that would be. Yeah. I think that would be great. And then probably even like a maybe more on the surface level too for the next generation. Because I feel like the next generation, there, there are there are a lot of parents out there that are waking up and saying, "I got to get ahead of this." Mm-hmm. It used to be like you're saying, "We don't talk about that," yeah. or that's you know, it has like all these stigmas on it and mm-hmm. stuff. But it has to change. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the curriculum. It is not so in depth that it makes you uncomfortable. It is surface level, so it brings, it can bring anyone in like i said it could bring a teen a parent whose teen struggles with it a wife whose husband struggle with it a husband whose wife struggles with it or someone who is struggling with it it brings them into a place that helps them not feel like they're being fussed at or preached at or talk mm-hmm. preached to it's more of like hey this is how god wants to help you to be able to deal with this and this is what he says about it so it is pretty surface level but it's not so surface level that it's not important and transformational i think that's wonderful and i'd love to see that come to fruition yes sure took the words right out of my mouth adrian (laughs) i think that is awesome well seriously we thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to us for not liking interviews you did a fantastic job you did you You did (laughs) so thank you so much we appreciate it thank y'all for having me on i enjoyed it Awesome. We look forward to seeing what this year brings for you. Awesome. Thank you. It was so great hearing from Pastor Linton today, and it just sounds like there's a lot in store for this upcoming year of 2024, including childcare at the 8 o'clock service. I love that each staff member um, uses or chooses a word for the year to kind of get the ball rolling and you know, figure out where they want to focus for the year. Um, so we would love to hear if you guys have a word, a motto, a theme, um, something that is going to be incorporated for your year. Um, if you want to send us a Facebook message or send us an email, or you can always talk to us any Sunday, we'll be behind the counter.